From Kentucky, greetings and welcome to the Barrel Report. I am your host, Adam Johnson, director of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Happy to bring you the second release of our podcast. And uh, today we are going back a little bit to September when we had a chance to briefly sit down with Brent Elliott, the master distiller at Four Roses. Uh, A couple apologies right off the bat. Number one, it was a crazy day. It was busy, but we were lucky enough to grab uh, Brent Elliott after the Hall of Fame ceremony uh, during the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. So uh, there's a lot of background noise. Everybody's kind of coming and going, but I thought it was worth a shot to kind of sit down with him for a minute or two uh, so I could bring you some Four Roses news. Uh, Also, I kind of talk way too much. I apologize in advance, and uh, it's a little bit dated with... Uh, some of the news about their special release. So hopefully by now you guys have been able to pick up uh, the latest uh, limited edition of the Four Roses Small Batch. Um, curious uh, to hear what you guys think about uh, that latest release from Brent Elliott and the Four Roses team. So in this episode, just just briefly, you're going to hear a little bit about the Hall of Fame uh, ceremony, a little bit about John Ray who was inducted into the Hall of Fame at that ceremony from Four Roses. I don't know if a lot of people know how instrumental John has been to the industry. Um, I think you'll learn a little bit from Brent about that. Also about the release, how they kind of selected it, the process of how they create those. You know, we get a little geeky with some of the yeast and some of the barrel talk and how really what goes on in the barrel is a little bit of a mystery. Um, Also, he talks about how to plan your trip, not only to Four Roses in their multiple locations, but uh, the Kentucky Bourbon Trail in general. So, Again, thanks to Brent for sitting down with us, and we bring you our second release. Enjoy, everybody. All right, welcome back, everybody. We are in the middle of chaos because we just finished the Hall of Fame ceremony. We just had five new inductees, and everyone's feeling the excitement of the Kentucky Bourbon Festival, the Hall of Fame. And I'm lucky enough to just literally catch Brent Elliott, uh, the master distiller at Four Roses, heading out the door. So I just thought I'd catch you uh, on the microphone real quick. And uh, so what did you think of today's ceremony? Oh, it's fantastic. Um, these are great. I think it's obviously a great opportunity just to give the recognition to people in the industry that it's well-deserved to. And this year's inductees were no exception. Every single person up there... Their contribution is, you just can't calculate with the, with the contribution. So it's, it was especially meaningful for for myself and some of the other Four Rose employees because John Ray, sure. our, our former COO, was recognized. And, you know, having worked with John for many years and seeing all of his contributions, it uh, really meant a lot to me and all my co workers because we've seen. John, and you know, as you mentioned up there, you know, he's he's kind of behind the scenes. He's not out with the loudest voice, out on the forefront, trying to get seek recognition. So it's great to see him finally get the recognition that he deserves for everything he's done, not for just for Four Roses, the industry, the the Bourbon Trail, the KDA. Well, yeah, and he he's been such an instrumental part to us. Uh, you know, in my position at the KDA, he was one of the people that was on the hiring committee for me. You know, I've oh, okay. worked, yeah, so. worked with him for so long, so it's just... We feel the same way. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. we all owe John 
Yeah, he's one of those guys that I think a lot of people may not know how really important he was to the industry. Um, so it was good to see him up there today uh, getting the recognition he deserves. Absolutely. Um, well, he's as cool as ever. I yeah, think. exactly. Yeah, he did pretty good. I think Chris touched on that. Yeah, he's I mean, very he is steady. I think, you know, yeah, level-headed. Bombs exactly. be going off around him, and you wouldn't know it. I mean, exactly. He is just steady. You obviously got a lot going on this week with some of the new releases, so tell us uh, yeah, uh, what exciting. exciting news for Four Roses. Uh, well, obviously on top of the uh, Kentucky Bourbon Festival, we decided to be a good opportunity to release our 2016 limited edition small batch. I'm excited. Now, I, this is big time for me because apparently I'm a member of the media, so I got my media sample, oh, so good. thank you. So I got to taste it. Uh, it's very good. So tell us... I mean, how you kind of crafted that? What what kind of went into it? Okay, with this one, you know, every year we try to do something. Well, not some years we don't deviate too much from the, the standard profile, um, but every year we, we look to we make some test blends, trying out different directions, something different. Try to maybe work with another uh, one of the more less common yeasts, like the O's, Q's, or F's, and that's kind of what I did this year. I found a really good batch of twelve year old. Um, OESO, which was very, very fruity, and for you know, in the formulation stage, early on, that was one of the directions I was toying with, hoping it would come to fruition, and it did. That really worked well. With found another um, batch of the V's, which is also very fruity. So, so the, was that was the base then, right? That was the direction that yeah. And then you started was tweaking taking, with some. Okay. Taking, yeah, and um, so you get a lot of fruit. That's yeah. if I just had to describe this in one word, it's it's fruit. So if you're a fruit fan, if you like that O yeast, that V yeast, then I think you'll really enjoy it. I'm glad to hear you liked it. Yeah, it was very good. good. Well, I mean, anytime you get something, like, you feel you feel pretty big time. Uh, and so that was pretty cool. And I've, I've enjoyed uh, tasting those over the years. I know uh, Eric, uh, my boss, he's a big, I think, 08 mariage. I mean, that's oh, still yeah. his... His baby. I've heard him talk about the OA. I mean, he's even given us a thumbs up from across the room. Uh, you know, the the 2012 for me was really special. So it's just got to be hard to keep, you know, reaching that bar that you guys have set so high. Yeah, it's tough. And um, you know, for me, I've always worked with Jim and always been kind of behind the scenes in the past working on these. Um, but in a sense, it was easier then because my name wasn't on it. Now all eyes all eyes are on me, and. I realize, yeah, it's it's hard to raise the bar. That's kind of why I, I think at that level of quality, the bourbons, at that point, it comes down to personal preference and trying different different flavor profiles because you can't do the same flavor year after year. You can please everybody, but at the same time, then you're keeping the bar at the same place. Yeah. So it's not necessarily trying to go over the bar. Of course, I don't want to drop under the bar, but... You know, just try different avenues, different flavor well, profiles, and how, just keep it exciting. Yeah, because to me, I think with you guys having such a so many different tools in your toolbox, I mean, how often do you guys want to show the flexibility of your different yeasts exactly. and the different recipes? So it exactly. seems like that would be a tough tension of going, okay, we're going to go more down the middle uh, with what maybe people picture with a small batch that is so popular. Uh-huh. Uh, or do we just kind of go down this road where really show like I'm a Q guy I love the Q uh-huh. side of um, some of the stuff you guys put out so I, I could see how that would be tough to to weigh which direction to go in oh it is and that's kind of what I'm talking about when I'm trying to do something different so I always get these ideas to try out something based around a Q or an O or an F and once I make the test blends I'll go back to them blindly and without knowing which test blend 
is which. I might start with 15, 20 test blends, and it seems like inevitably the ones that are kind of the more wild formulations or mm -hmm. more unique, more something that's blazing a new trail, more often than not, those don't end up rising to the surface. It always seems to come back to the standard yeast codes, the Ks, the Vs, and that's why I was so excited this year that after the first round through the blind reevaluation, the uh, some of the blends that were surrounded or based around this O were very very good. Y'all had Camp Runamuck out there, uh -huh. and you were taking through some of these top bartenders from around the world. I think you had people from Brazil, yeah, uh, and you guys had something like um, I don't know, looked like sixty, uh, hundred ml bottles that you had pulled just as just another day in the office we're gonna we're gonna test these out and see kind of quality control that just blows me away that yeah that's uh i just i looked at probably 150 samples this morning before i came here that's crazy yeah those are single barrel well we look at samples all the time but before we bottle a single barrel we have to look at every individual barrel so first we select the batch and then once the batch is selected we sample each individual barrel it's approved and then it's bottled do you guys ever uh, kind of take side bets, like you put a star next to a couple that you think are real honey barrels and just see? That happens. We see those. Um, and, of course, sometimes we see the honey batches. Right. And those are the ones that we, I'll take a two, three tiers and pull them aside and, you just and save put them for something special. I don't like know if you guys said, oh, I think this one, you know, in two years. or I, It just seems like I'm a competitive person. I think I would uh -huh. get competitive with that. Like, oh, no, this, this is going to be a beauty. In a couple of years' time, that um, seems like that'd be a fun part of the job. Trying it to forecast, is fun. and it's it's interesting to see the difference between batches and even barrels, barrels side by side. That and that, put that's the same day, same rig, same tier. I, I think that's still the concept of of whiskey that continues to confound me. You know, uh -huh. just when you taste, like you just said, you taste something that was made same way, same time, put side by side in that rick house, and how there can be those gradients of difference just yeah that's the mystery right yeah it keeps us uh keeps us humble you know we have all the science all the technology that uh, in the world everything that we could possibly throw at this and yet to some degree we're still at the mercy of mother nature yeah Not the quality of the, the ingredients the weather the wood and so it's, it's good that keeps uh art into the exactly. equation time for a quick break everyone for a new feature we're calling name that distillery we're going to play you a clip from one of our world-famous distilleries, and your job is to try to figure out, where is that? Uh, believe me, it's going to sound great. It's going to sound magical. It's going to sound like progress, Kentucky, just wonderful industry as guys are putting uh, some great product back for you. So your job is to try to figure out where this is, and we will give you the answer at the end of the podcast. So here we go. Name that distillery. And now back to the show. Talk us through, uh, if I'm a visitor, I want to come to Four Roses. I want to see you. I want to taste some of these. Maybe I want to jump into the crowd that's probably waiting in line for this small batch release. Uh, what do you recommend to visitors to come see you? If they're planning on Friday? Or just in or general. Just, okay. Yeah, just in general. Because, yeah, the release Friday is Friday. Maybe a I was going to say, if you're coming to get a bottle. Get there early. Uh, get there early, yeah. Uh, so the supplies are limited. <laughs> so, um <laughs> But I would say if you're planning a trip, of course, look at the entire bourbon trail plan accordingly. Because we have two locations. We have the distillery in Lawrenceburg. And then we have our warehousing and bottling facility that's just outside Bardstown here in Cox's Creek. 
So you'll definitely want to hit both locations so you can see both sides of, of what we do, the full scale of what we do. So um, I would just decide what distillers you want to hit and be sure that you, you make time and you make plan accordingly. Make a nice path, yeah, from yeah. from point A to point B and or point A to point whatever. Make sure that our two locations are two letters in between. And we know uh, Jimmy Russell just got a big award today from Wild Turkey, and that's what eight miles from your Lawrenceburg location. And what are you from Jim Beam American Stillhouse at Cactus Creek? What is that? Oh, that's just two a few minutes, miles. So. Yeah, maybe? it's not far at all. Yeah, it's not far at all. So and you have Woodford up. You know, it's pretty close to Lawrence. 15 minutes north, uh, yeah, from Lawrenceburg. So. so you could go Woodford, Wild Turkey, Four Roses, right. and then head over to Bardstown. We've got so much to, to see here. It will, so that we know from the visitor perspective, you know, what they're going to do uh, when they visit uh, you guys, whether it's the tastings or the tours. So what, is the, what does a visitor mean to you guys at Four Roses? We love our visitors. Um, I always tell people the best thing about this industry for me on a day-to-day basis is when I get to interact with whether it's visitors to the gift shop or visitors um, to VIP or just someone that comes in off the street. People that are they're coming to visit, it's like a vacation for them. They're there because they want to be there. They want to learn more about the process. They want to learn more about the brand, the industry. So it's never like anyone's being forced. It's, it's not a, a forced audience. They're a captive audience because... They want to be there. And They're that, always in a good mood. Yeah, and I think Jeff we Wise feed off that. that. We, yeah. it's, it's so exciting. They're always excited. We feed off that. And it kind of really helps raise the whole the whole excitement level. At uh, I'm sure it's true for all the distilleries, but I know I can speak for Four Roses. What, what do you think um, a lot of your visitors, because I feel like, at least since I've been in, the, in my job, the level of education and knowledge of of our visitors coming through has just risen dramatically. So have you seen over time, have people, do you feel like people have graduated visitor-wise? Like, oh, I was more of a yellow label guy and now I'm more of a single barrel or, because I think if I, if you made me choose, like your small batch is kind of my favorite. Okay. I really like that um, if I had to choose. Uh-huh. Um, but have you seen people, um, I guess for lack of a term, graduate or they move out, like, oh, I'm more of a single barrel person or? Oh, absolutely. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that they've graduated from one brand or the other within our portfolio, but their palettes seem to be more refined. The questions we get are more advanced. I'm floored sometimes by the questions we get and the level of understanding. Especially with all your recipes and yeast and stuff, other people can kind of geek out with you a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's not too surprising anymore, but I could be somewhere on the other side of the country or in the middle of nowhere, and somebody sees Four Roses, and they might say, you know, I really love that OESQ or... And I that still want to have fine. a double take, but it's not as surprising because it happens quite a bit. It's amazing how educated people are and the level of understanding. And it used to just be the diehard super aficionados, the ones that were the bloggers or the, the face that you'd see you know, year after year at these events, the people that were really the, the diehard fans. But now it's spread to just general bourbon fans. And um, it's just remarkable keeps you on your toes it, it does so is there uh because i know like i said people with four roses i feel can get kind of um geeky about some of these recipes and yeast combinations is there is there a warehouse out there that you think is just 
putting it out there better than most. Because I feel like the way you guys have your labels and stuff is just so conducive to people saying, oh, I like uh, Warehouse K or whatever. Uh-huh. We've had, um, I haven't personally seen it. I'm going to start, I'm conscious of it now. Because really there, there should not be any difference. And I've never really seen it just in my random sampling. So I'm looking at samples every day. I've, I haven't really... I mean, particularly no, with your no locations. particularly with your one story, you would think yeah, that it would foster more. Yeah, they're single sameness. story. They're they're all the same elevation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have any in a valley, some on a hill. They're all the same location, same elevation, same design. They're single story, right. so the temperature variations pretty consistent from the bottom to the top. So, and they were designed specifically with that mind to create consistent bourbon. So it's one less variable that we have to worry about right. when we're mingling and blending. Um, but all that being said, I've heard a lot of um, enthusiasts that have, have fallen in love with a particular yeah, so Is there location. one that people have, have sworn is... Yeah, and that's why I say I'll look into it. Because when I'm looking at them, nothing has right. jumped out at me. But I think maybe if I were looking a little bit more closely... You know, I don't, I don't really believe in it, but I feel like I owe it to them because so many sure. people ask me about this. It's, well, it's made me curious. You. We're willing to help you. you know, so. Well, cool. Well, and we've been going about 15 minutes. I know we got to go to our next event here tonight. We've got the All-Star Sampler. I think they're uh, doing the Compass uh, downtown. So we just got tons of events that we got to hit. So, But I appreciate you uh, taking the time yeah, today. This was great. Uh, that'll have to grab out. you on your way out the door. And I'm sure we'll see you tonight. Yeah, I'll see you here shortly. All right. Thanks, sir. Thank you. And that does it for this episode of The Barrel Report. Thanks again to Brent for sitting down with us. Thanks to Campbell Johnson and Buck the Taxidermist for our music. Be sure to check us out on kybourbontrail.com. All our social channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we're all there. Be sure you subscribe to this podcast uh, on iTunes, Overcast, or however you get your podcasts. And of course... We thought it was pretty obvious the answer to name that distillery. Of course, Wilderness Trail Distillery in Danville. Uh, it's, I mean, go back and listen. It's, it's pretty clear. Uh, but thanks for playing and thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.